Okay, welcome everyone. This is your host Lucian Gothier, and I'm here with a very special guest. He's going to be taking the stage at our upcoming Longevity Now conference, taking place Friday, September 30th to Sunday, October 2nd. All the details can be found at www.thelongevitynowconference.com, or you can just click below. It'll take you to our webpage, and you can get all the details about who's going to be speaking, tickets, and all the good in information that you're going to need to know. This man is the creator of the Eat to Live Plan, and his new book called The End of Heart Disease is probably one of the most definitive and practical guides to heart health, nutritarian approach to longevity and disease-free living anywhere in the world. You've probably seen him on TV with his Eat to Live program. And in fact, last night I was, I just picked up your book, as I mentioned, and I was reading through it at about 1230 at night. I just flicked on the TV before bed just to catch some news and it was on the PBS station. And you were out here in Wisconsin last night at around midnight on PBS. So I I actually watched about oh, 35 wow. minutes of your program and it was really incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So you're out here in the Midwest and through reading your book and watching your program, it, it really became clear that you are on a mission to save millions of lives uh, when it comes to heart disease. Is that accurate? I certainly hope so. I mean, obviously heart disease is a leading cause of death for adults in America, both men and women. And the sipper is so more tragic and absolutely ridiculous because Almost nobody has to have heart disease. Nobody has to have high blood pressure. We don't have to die of a heart attack. We don't have to be going to hospitals to get surgery for our hearts. This is a disease of nutritional ignorance. And it's not even treated well by medications and surgeries. People still have the heart disease. They still die of it, undergoing tragic lives under medical care when it's so easily reversed through excellent nutrition. So, yes, I'm on a mission that people know the right information and I call that, and the medical profession calls it, proper informed consent. My mission is that everybody should know all these correct facts about heart disease, and that it is reversible and preventable. The, the most accurate and effective way to reverse it and never have a heart attack. And then, if people choose to eat away, eat improperly, and to create heart disease, and want to go take medications and have heart surgeries, that's their choice. But my biggest, um, how should I say, you know, objection is that people aren't given the right information and not given the opportunity to make the right decision should they so choose to do so. Dr. Furman, let's start at the root of the problem, which is the standard American diet. Also, you call it SAD, you call it, I think, DAD, the deadly American diet, how this culprit's responsible for over 17 million deaths a year. What are some of the key factors in the SAD diet that make it a breeding ground for heart disease? What are some of the things that really stand out as causing the most problems and the most damage, in your opinion? You know, what's interesting is that, that all the individual components that create you to age faster and create heart disease, high cholesterol, atherosclerosis, dementia, shrinkage of the brain, are put together synergistically in the American diet. So I always joke around and say it couldn't be better designed to kill Americans because the American <laughs> diet is just, you know, has all those features that that we shouldn't be, you know, that those disease-promoting features. So let's describe that. Number one, it contains approximately 55% of calories from processed foods, highly refined foods. And by processed foods, I mean foods that come in, that, you know, they're either called fast food because you can buy them in a fast food restaurant or a bag or a, or a plastic bag or a pouch. And you can open it up and you can eat it real fast and, they're, and they can be digested and the calories are absorbed very quickly. When you eat a natural food, like a nut or a bean, it might take two to three hours for those calories to slowly be fed into the bloodstream. And the body predominantly burns them as calories for energy. We'll eat foods like sugar 
and white flour and oil and the things that supply 55% of what Americans caloric intake, those calories are absorbed in minutes, not in hours. And the body can't burn it for energy when absorbing, you know, 500 calories in minutes. We have to store it as fat. And then when we do so, it takes, it's harder for the body to actually, you know, get rid of that fat. And that fat a lot stored as atherosclerotic and put into plaque. But also, those particular foods contain elements that create inflammation. They also are lacking in fiber, phytochemicals, and antioxidants, which are necessary for normal health. And then, and I'm saying not just the processed foods that are, that are sugar and white flour, but also oils and jars, you know, that we get jarred oil is also essentially heart disease promoting and is seen as a myth or the big myth in America is that oils are heart disease favorable foods when we know that the real, the beneficial fats that protect against heart disease are the ones that are absorbed slowly can contain fiber and those are nuts and seeds. That it's not that fat is bad, it's that we have to get most of our fat intake from whole foods, meaning nuts like walnuts and pecans and Brazil nuts and almonds and seeds like sunflower seeds and sesame seeds and flax seeds, when most of our fat intake comes from these whole natural foods, then we have a completely different biological effect on the way the body utilizes that fat. And that's one of the major factors in the type of fat, the type of food supplying the fat. The walnut oil doesn't have the same biological effects as if you ate a whole walnut. Taking, let's say, apple juice or apple sugar doesn't have the same effect biologically as if you ate a real apple. They're completely different in contralateral biological effects. The next part of the American diet that's detrimental is Americans eat approximately 30% of calories from animal products. And we look at people's um, data from around the world and long-term studies gone for 15 to 25 years. We see that as animal product consumption increases from 10% of total calories to approximately 30% of calories, that's when the hormones like IGF-1 start to rise that promote aging of the brain and promote heart disease. And that's when we see, of course, body weight, insulin resistance go down, you know, insulin resistance, excuse me, increase. In other words, in the higher ranges of animal product consumption, we see about a 60% increase in cardiovascular deaths. And those detriments are seen whether the animal products are natural, relays, grass-fed, or they're commercially raised. We don't see much different because it's not just the animal fat but also the high concentration of animal protein that drives growth from more hormones in the human body. The third feature, and of course, is of course the lack of protective foods, like beans, like nuts and seeds, like green vegetables, and I have a coined an acronym called G-BOMBS. G-B-O-M-B-S, which stands for greens, beans, onions, mushrooms, berries, and seeds, those high-nutrient plant foods that contain those the most protective phytochemicals that extend human life protect against cancer and protect against heart disease. So it's the lack of these beneficial foods in the American diet as well. So we put it all together. In other words, let me just summarize this, wrap this up by saying that 90% of nutritional scientists the world over are now in complete agreement with these three basic principles. One, that highly glycemic and refined processed foods promote not just obesity and diabetes, but promote heart disease and cancer. And two, that excessive animal product consumption leads to shortening of the lifespan and premature death from heart disease and cancer. And three, that the lack of colorful plant foods in the diet promotes, and the lack of phytochemicals in those fibers accelerates, of course, produces inflammation in tissues 
and accelerates a premature death, leading to a, um, a synergistic effect on promoting the other foods that were medicalized or overconsumed. So what I'm saying is that this, this basic information shouldn't be seen as controversial anymore because the amount of evidence and studies that support it are now overwhelming. So, so the jury's in on this, and I think more and more people are becoming aware of it, and I think this is what's kind of causing the stampede into alternative health. And would you also say that this type of diet that's been followed for a couple generations now is also responsible for things like Alzheimer's and, you know, neurological problems, uh, you know, we've got diabetes, all these different diseases, as well as heart disease, they kind of have their root. In, in this foundation. Yes, I, the, that's, the message here is that the diseases that Americans have been brainwashed to think are the normal consequence of aging or predominantly genetic that we go to doctors to get treated for are not, are not that at all. They're completely avoidable and the result of modern diet styles eaten pretty much at this point the world over and they're not normal for the human species. And we don't see them in the natural world and in animals that live in jungles and forests. And we don't see them in native human populations who eat natural foods. For example, in the Katata study, which is a study of an island off the coast of Papua New Guinea, where the inhabitants don't eat any processed foods. They just eat naturally what they can grow or find in the, you know, on their, in their island. And we see those studies of those people, including their ancestors, of no heart disease, no high blood pressure, no diabetes. The people are all, all excessively lean. There's no overweight people with, you know, with big blobs of fat hanging over their waist. And they're not on special diets. They don't require any cardiac care, any medical care. They just don't have heart disease or high blood pressure or high cholesterol. Nobody in those populations do. The point is I'm making is that these diseases are totally unnatural for the human species, and only they, what they re reflect is the fact that how far we've deviated away from the diet that's ideally designed for humans to eat, and the fact that people ignore the research, they ignore the avalanche of science that have come to these conclusions. And I discuss in my book, The End of Heart Disease, about 10 different diet styles that have been proven to reverse heart disease the pros and cons of each diet style, leading people to along a, a greater understanding of the individual factors that make a diet more or less effective and protective for their, for their um, longevity in general. And with the realization that the same factors that prevent heart disease also prevent cancer and dementia. So you're not eating one diet to prevent, you know, protect your heart, no diet to prevent cancer. If you don't want to get breast cancer, you might as well eat, protect your heart, and not get breast cancer. Protect your heart and don't get prostate cancer. Let's add 20 years of life, but not just living longer, but living free of illness so we can really enjoy the full years we're alive. And that's what, you know, that's what's possible with these modern advances in nutritional science. Let's talk, you hinted to it, uh, let's talk about when someone is, you know, not feeling well, they've got chest pain, they go into their conventional doctor. What are the things that are happening now? What can they expect a conventional doctor to prescribe or to rec recommend? And specifically, like procedures, medications, you know, blood thinners and statins. Why is this approach bad medicine? And let's talk about some of the big culprits here that you just think are completely and utterly unnecessary. Okay. But let me preface that conversation and start out this question by saying that a person who has acute coronary syndrome, that means they're having chest pains that just suddenly came on, came on them. They've not had chest pain for years, but they're having chest pains all of a sudden that's fresh and new. That's called acute, which means it's right now happening. And that's an emergency situation. 
and that requires conventional medical care. You should go straight to the emergency room as fast as possible or call 911 and get to a hospital because every minute counts when treating an urgent heart attack or stroke because with modern medical care and modern emergency care, the medications or procedures given under that circumstance could save heart muscle and save a person's life. So I'm not against people being treated conventionally who are undergoing an emergency situation. You get in a car accident, you want to get an ambulance, take you right to the hospital, be treated. You're having a heart attack or a stroke on the spot, you got to get right to the hospital. But what I'm talking about is chronic heart disease that happens usually before you get to that spot. However, keep in mind that about 40% of all heart attacks and these acute coronary syndromes occur in people who had no warning. They had no symptoms prior to this. They didn't know they had heart disease. And about half of those people are dead on the spot with their first heart attack. They don't even make it to the hospital alive. They're dead before they get there. That makes it ever so more important that people learn what I'm discussing here. So they learn how to protect themselves before they get in that emergency situation, before they get the ambulance rushing into the hospital trying to save their life. That should never have occurred. So that is a with that as a preface, now I'll go and answer you the original question, okay? All right. Okay, the question is now, people develop high blood pressure, high cholesterol, they may have had a long history of chest pain, and they're treated with drugs. And the, the problem is that the if medications do not treat the underlying syndrome and do not get people better. It's like if you take a blood pressure medication to lower a person's blood pressure, sure, that blood pressure looks better, but the reason why high blood pressure causes heart disease is because the high blood pressure represents a degree of atherosclerosis and loss of elasticity. In other words, your blood vessels become stiff. And the medications do not unstiffen your diet, your blood. They don't unstiffen the blood vessels, only removing the fat on the interior wall and the exterior wall of the blood vessel can restore vascular elasticity and lower your risk of heart attacks. A person has to become healthier and get to a more favorable weight. And these medications like statin drugs make you gain weight. They actually make you more insulin resistant. They make you more diabetic. So any benefit you see, with any benefit they might have with cholesterol lowering, they now have these negative effects with muscle breakdown, with fat storage and with more pro prone to get diabetes that weakens any benefit from cholesterol lowering. So it overall, the effect is very marginal for most people as, as being beneficial at all. The same thing with blood pressure medications. First of all, blood pressure medications increase the risk of cancer. There's a study, for example, that showed that people taking calcium channel blockers over 10 years have doubled the risk of breast cancer. You know, if women were really told that and given proper informed consent, how many of them would be putting on these calcium channel blockers, for, you know, because they take it for so many years. They're, they're, they're harmful long-term. They took it for an emergency for a few months until you die. This program was brought to you by thebestdayever.com. Thanks for listening.